0: What is up, y'all? Welcome to Culture. I am your host, Leslie Lee Third. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Our intro song. Anybody know in the chat? Anybody know what the intro song was? I think you can post a message in the chat now. You can type it in if you know. You can call in and let me know. Quickly, I'll give you a second. Does anyone know? I'll give you a hint. Japan. Another hint. FMW. That was, of course, Hayabusa's name. The late, great, high flyer, master of the Moon moonsault. Make sure to check out Hayabusa Matches when you get a chance. I hope you got a chance to check out some professional wrestling tonight. We just had a great show. AEW Rampage. Huge match. Huge main event. I just got done watching that. I thought that was absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. I Adam Page, I'm Cole. Never been my two favorite wrestlers in the world. Maybe I'm just biased against Adams, but every time they get in the ring is magic. It's magic. And that match was no exception. I thought that was absolutely stellar match. But I want to hear what your, your thoughts. Please feel free. Call in anytime phone lines are open. All right. Hey, hey here we are, go. We already got our caller in. Matthew, what is up? Unmute yourself. What's up? How's it going? Good. Good, good. Good to hear from you. What do you want to talk about tonight? I want to talk about um, Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. All right. Hit me with it. How do you feel about him being on
1: AEW?
0: How do, I love it. I love to see Jeff with his brother he mentioned Matt mentioned that uh, people didn't know how much they needed each other, and so I'm glad to see him together. I'm yeah. glad to see Jeff doing well. I'm glad he just walked down W.E. when he felt like it and <laughs> came to AEW. I dig it. I'm so happy to see him here. Yeah. Uh, I like to see him. I do like to see the Hardy Boys get a chance to mix it up with this new crop I should, I, of I tag feel team. Hardy, I can see the Hardy Boys coming for us AEW tag titles. The you know, titles. Hardy Boys for AEW tag? I can see it. I can see AEW them getting one the more run. I can see them even maybe even having an ROH Tag team Tyler run since they got multiple belts now <laughs> in AEW. That's facts. Though so Tony Khan did get ring of honor. Yes. Yes.
1: And also, um, how do you feel about Rock? How do you feel about Roman Reigns being the undisputed champ?
0: I'm sorry, I have no strong feelings about uh, Roman Reigns. I guess I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for I'm him. I'm happy for him too. I'm happy for him too, bro. All right. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for the call. Thank you for so much for calling in. Take care. Anybody, Thank you so much. Don't be a stranger. Anyone else want to call in, talk wrestling, talk anything you want, ask me any questions. Tell me what you thought about Rampage. I want to know because I thought the show was pretty good. I thought the show was pretty hot. AEW's been killing it this week. I thought the Wednesday show, that was so stacked. Amazingly stacked. Like ridiculously pay-per-view level card with, you know, Suzuki versus Joe obviously a huge huge dream match for for the of all things the ROH TV title. I I expected the Suzuki versus Joe match to happen at some point. I didn't expect it to be for the ROH TV title in AEW, but this is a brand new prof- world of professional wrestling we're living in where there's a billionaire who also like um Did, like, EFES and shit. So we get to see uh, wild stuff like that. Like a New Japan wrestler (laughs) find an AEW wrestler for the ROH title uh, on national TV. But i love to see it. I like that. I think maybe that was the first ROH title defense that was on national TV proper. That's huge, huge. And a great match. Absolutely loved it. Please call in. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me what you thought. About tonight's show, about Wednesday's show, about the show coming up tomorrow, the uh, Battle of the Belts. Lots of AEW this week, lots of wrestling news this week we can talk about. The tidbit I saw today, (laughs) before we get into the positive stuff, I did want to talk about this one thing that was a little bit negative. That was funny. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. But Brian Cage was doing the interview and people were asking about his history with NXT and how at a certain point he had a deal, but they took it back and he thought he had another deal and he took it back and kind of jerked him around, WWE did. And at a certain point, they just straight up told him that they think he's mediocre and they have no more interest in him, which is harsh, it's a harsh thing to say to a wrestler. I think Brian Cage is someone who's incredibly talented. Lots of potential. I um, mean, you saw. I think uh, in our, when the way uh, now Tony Khan hasn't been using him that much, but he fi- found a slot for him in Ring of Honor. I can't. I just I am, I'm shocked that WWE was just straight up like we don't want you at all. Especially when he's somebody who could have been an active free agent. But he said that because they treated him like that, when they did show more interest in him later, he just wasn't interested. And I think that's a feeling that a lot of wrestlers. Must have now. It's like if you have the option, why would you go to WWE when you can go to AEW? Another news tidbit today was about how uh, the name changes that are coming down. I think uh, Walter changed to Gunther because the, it's the edict now from WWE. You cannot use your real name or a name you used on the Indies. Period. No matter what, doesn't even matter if you've been on. WWE TV before as that uh, character. That seems to just be taking money out of people's pockets. You spend all that time, you build your name up, you get to WWE, and then you have to build a different name that they now own. And then you leave and you don't have those same links to your fans, which is unfortunate. And as somebody mentioned, it's like, we're just seeing a billionaire like rob people's pockets uh, when they make moves like this. But uh, I know somebody, I got somebody on the line now who knows all about this. Tom, come on in. Come on through. In fact, I'm going to invite you uh, to speak. You can go ahead, accept that invitation and unmute yourself whenever you're ready. Tom, go ahead and unmute yourself. It's at the bottom of the screen. Everybody Everybody forgets how to unmute the first time hello 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 you're still muted still muted
1: hold on sorry there we go (laughs) so uh hey how how you doing
0: i'm doing great tom holzman of the wrestling blog thank you so much for coming through tonight and thank you so much for accepting the hosting duties as well you are now officially the co-host of this show thank you so much
1: yeah i appreciate that and uh
0: yeah. You always gotta bring your working book boots with you. That's right. that's what the old timers always say. If you go to the wrestling show, you bring your working boots with you. You show it to my show, you gotta work.
1: That's fine by me, you know. I'm a I'm a huge fan of speaking.
0: <laughs> All right, so what do you wanna talk about tonight? What did you think about did you wanna chime in on anything specific? Wanna talk in general about Rampage Page, hit me with what you got?
1: That main event, man. That the main oh. event was just I think every week, you know, like, I think the job that Tony Khan does with um, with AEW booking overall is usually really good. I think with Hangman Page, he's a little lazy, but no matter what, when it comes time for Hangman to do his job, uh, he comes in and he fucking kills it.
0: Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I yeah I, heard, I saw some chatter about the booking of Adam Page and how it hasn't been that strong. Yeah, I, I see those criticisms, but every time it's time for a main event, you are reminded. Okay, yes, this is why he's the champion. This is why he's cool. This is why he works. Maybe he doesn't have. He's not having the flashiest, most in-your-face ring right now, but every time he's on the, there and actually is brought into put on those main event matches, he absolutely delivers. And I just... I loved... I know you must have loved this, the old-school the old school Southern baby-face thing where he's, like, uh, in this death match, but he can't... He doesn't want to go too far when fighting uh, Adam Cole. He doesn't want to become like him.
1: Yeah. Like, that was... That was a great bit of um, old-school psych that he pulled out, and it, it directly cost him. And then he finally – finally he said, you know what? I'm going to give you a crown of thorns on Good Friday, and <laughs>
0: – I, lo- I, I, I saw – I heard that reference. I was like, I couldn't – I can't believe they did cut that out. I cannot believe – Tony Khan does not give a fuck. Sometimes I think that's a that's a line that WWE would de- would definitely try to avoid, but AEW just like left it. In.
1: It's 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 great. It's, it's art. It's you know it's
0: Absolutely, he's not afraid yes. to let
1: wrestlers be artists, and you know sometimes it falls flat. Most of the time though, he's doing it, and he's doing it. He's letting these guys do their thing, and who knew these these wrestlers are good at their job? You know.
0: Yes, he you clicked. let the rest, you, you let the wrestlers wrestle. It can be a pretty good show. One thing I want to mention that I was kind of surprised to see, but I was very happy to see the root in the Ruby Soho Robin Renegade match. I was so ecstatic. I was smiling ear to ear when they let the Renegade uh, Twins do Twin Magic. Not once. <laughs> But twice in the same match, I absolutely love this. I, I, because that, because they're not signed officially with AEW and a lot of the unsigned people, they don't really get to do their full indie gimmick. But the Renegade Twins, for people who don't know, they're badasses. They have MMA training, yada, 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 but they also like are cheaters. <laughs> they switch places and they get their mom involved. So I was happy to see a bit of the indie side of the Renegade Twins get to show on the big stage, even though they aren't signed.
1: Yeah, it's, um, you, you know, I think he's he's done that before. I mean, the, the biggest example was he had Orange Cassidy on the show before he signed him. And, and, you know, they just sort of let him do his thing. You know, this thing that was oh, huge over in a small room and people like talk about it's a small room gimmick. And I don't think there's such thing as a small room gimmick. I think that if something gets over in front of a small crowd, you keep trying it in front of big crowds. Bigger, progressively bigger crowds until it hits. And and what I find is, if you can condition one crowd to do it, it's not that hard to con- to condition ten percent more people to that gimmick. Yeah, and, it keeps and you, growing and growing.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the comedy style wrestling, but I, I be like, you cannot make the argument that it doesn't get over on big, huge crowds. Sometimes, to my chagrin, like I hated how much. Uh, people got into fandango, but they did get into fandango. I can't deny that. So, you know, it's that do, that stuff does work. And so you're, I think you're absolutely right. There's no such thing as a small room gimmick. I mean, I remember talking with you like a decade ago or where, where you remember people would doubt like whether brian danielson or cm punk could get over in front of a big audience or samoa joe people would actively say that no no they can never make it in a big promotion like tna or wwe when and we see now like they got there they became absolute the top stars there and are like giving life to a whole new promotion as well
1: oh yeah and i think the thing was with Joe was when he was, you know, treated properly in TNA, he was an asset to them. And then when they started making him a joke, they put a penis on his face. They, you know, he was, they, they, they treated him like he was a joke because he wasn't, didn't have former WWE bona fides. That's when he stopped being an asset to them. and You know, you can't keep a good wrestler down. Um, Samoa Joe immediately went to WWE in NXT and he, you know, killed it and he got him, he got, he connected with the fans so much there that they were putting him against Roman Reigns, you know, and Braun Strowman and and, and Brock Lesnar, you know, and they, they never, they were too cowardly to pull the trigger on Joe. They'll, they'll say it's because he was hurt all the time. I say, you know, who gives a shit? You know, yes. When he's healthy, you push him. The same thing with Kenta. Kenta kept getting hurt, and like, oh well, he's injury prone. Like, no, you have these guys out on the road. Did you ever think that you have these guys out on the road for three hundred days out of the year, and maybe you get lucky with you know Reigns or Miz or whoever your top guy is not getting hurt? But some of these guys, you know, they're going to get unlucky and they're going to get hurt, and you have you increase their reps on the road, especially in matches that they don't ever show on television, which to me. In this day and age, is stupid. Um, you have are the you, ability. Are, are, to, are you a
0: house show uh, truther? Some people are, are, are for in uh, abolished house show movement for WWE. I've have heard this.
1: I I have been for a, a good long time because, and I, I know the argument for it is oh well, What about the kids in Wichita Falls, they should, they deserve to see wrestling. For that I say. You know, support your local indie scene, right? Yes. Agreed, yeah. So, so like, every... We're not in the 19, like 1970s anymore where you have to do a house show loop because, like, there was no rest... There, were, The wrestling on TV was syndicated. It was mostly promos to sell tickets to the house shows. The business model has fundamentally changed over the years. So it's like, I don't know. And I think a lot of it could be solved WWE it's you and I are both in agreement about WWE's uh business model. So we don't have to talk about that too much, but like the whole the, the whole complexion of the business has changed to the point where WWE's business model is obsolete.
0: Absolutely obsolete. So Thomas, I really haven't talked to you too much i uh about AEW, I we used to go back and forth back in the day about whether there was anything salvageable about WWE and how, yeah. what the value of the Indies were in Japanese wrestling. Where it, it's changed a lot, I feel like a lot of people are really open to a not, uh, removing WWE from their wrestling viewing and still watching, you know, AEW or. All Japan or, or excuse me, a new Japan or a lot of people are subscribing to like DDT. I, I could not imagine uh, something like that happening, you know, 10 years ago where people were still really holding on to like WWE. WWE is my life. This is where I have to watch wrestling Can you tell me what was the part? What was the sea change? Because I I wasn't around. I think I was in Japan when it started to happen, where the tides started to turn and more people would be open to hearing about a Japanese wrestler than they used to be.
1: I think um, it's sorry it was slow because WWE would suck up all the indie guys and put them in a warehouse and, and they would put some guys on TV. And their their business model was sort of like killing the indies. And and people sort of got tired of it. It wouldn't be a problem if, I mean, let's face it. It wouldn't really be a problem if WWE put out a good product. But like WrestleMania 30 was sort of like the last time WWE was culturally and creatively relevant. And it took people, it took me a long time to sort of wean myself off of it. I think... I um, did my the, – the debit card attached to the w- my WWE Network sub um, expired, and I got a new one. And so one month, it was like August of 2019, and it was right after you know Brock Lesnar won Money in the Bank when he wasn't even booked to be in the match. I was like – and they started doing the Saudi Arabia shows. and I was like, you know what? I don't need this in my life anymore. And luckily by that time, I had AEW, and I also had a sub to – uh, New Japan World at the time. I, I since let that that lapse because I was sort of like I didn't want to pay free if I wasn't like really into it and watching it. But I still watch AEW pretty religiously, and I, I think that made it a lot easier to to really throw out WWE. And 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 some people, you know, some people uh, fell off WWE and stopped watching wrestling. Some people fell off and decided they were going to watch classic wrestling, but. Aew coming on the scene and New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, having this accessible streaming network that you could go on and have English commentary. Like they actually are dedicated to having people on the commentary in English for a whole new audience, you know. And I don't know if DDT Universe has that, but they've also oh, cultivated. They actually this do thing. have
0: it on a, They actually do have do have English commentary. I think on on a number of the shows as well. Yeah.
1: The DDT and, um, and we're talking the whole, cause like DDT universe, if you sign to get yeah, they, DDT universe, like you're getting like, how many promotions are you getting? Like you're getting Noah, you're getting DDT, you're getting Tokyo Joshi Pro.
0: Yeah. And I'm pretty sure all of those I've seen have English commentary, at least some of the time.
1: Like, yeah. And it's like, if you have English commentary, like even like the most stubborn person who like needs to have someone talking to them in their language in america they can like watch that and it's like that's a sea change you know that's where it happened it's it's the availability and you know uh lucha libre uh too, to a lesser extent although it's a little dodgier down there with cmll going the hard times and AAA sort of having this obstinate relationship with american audiences to the point where basically you have to sub to lucha blogs the cubs fan on twitch and watch when he goes live which is I would recommend doing it. It's a great resource, but I mean, there's just so much wrestling out there. It's so easily available that, you know, WWE doesn't necessarily have to be in your life to get easily digestible and consumable wrestling.
0: Oh, which is wonderful. If you want to talk about your journey in professional wrestling, maybe you started out as a WWE fan and now you're, you're branching out. Or did you start with the indies? I've met some people who actually have never got into WWE before, but they got in because of, you know, uh, the indies. Like uh, PWG is a name yeah. I hear a lot. Lots of people got into wrestling through PWG. Even though I've actually never watched that much PWG, I never really got into it. I always preferred Ring of Honor. And I think at a certain point there, was, there were Ring of Honor guys and they were PWG guys. and I was more of a Ring of Honor guy.
1: I think the reason for that is, you know, P.W.G., even when Ring of Honor, you know, the, the business model, they, P.W.G. still leans on DVDs. They're not on a streaming network. And Ring of Honor, you know, they went past DVDs. They did streaming. They had cable, a cable show, you know. And even when they were in their flop period for Tony Khan bought them, you know, it was you would still watch them if you wanted to from the comfort of your own home. Uh, my journey started in 19... 19- like in the 80s, actually, but really in like 1991 when we got some uh, conveniently available cable with paper with unlimited pay-per-view. I'm not going to exp- expound too much on that, but that was sort of like the beginning of my journey as a wrestling fan, as a WWF wrestling fan with WrestleMania 7, and I, I stayed on pretty much... Until WrestleMania 19, thereabouts, when, you know, it was sort of like WW, the WWF started to get um, to up its own ass and Triple H started doing um, his the, political The stuff. Triple
0: H reign of terror. So, so I, I, I'm actually glad you brought up Triple H because I haven't had a chance to talk about his recent uh, announcement of retirement. Yeah. Um, so I, I should say Triple H, when I was, back in that time before the reign of terror, he was like my favorite guy. I was very I, I like Triple H. But over time, he grew to be probably my least favorite wrestler of all time. Perhaps the most destructive force in all of wrestling history, besides his father, Vincent uh, Kennedy McMahon.
1: I would put it it's a, outside of capital and Vince McMahon is definitely like capital. Like it's outside of ca- like capital for a guy who's actually worked in a match. Triple H is solidly number two after Hulk Hogan. You, you can't talk about the damage that Pete, that individual wrestlers have done on the scene without talking about Hulk Hogan, but also Hulk Hogan what? had like, he drew, right? He was Yeah, part that's of- the
0: thing. I, I actually don't... I, you see, I wouldn't put Hulk Hogan on my list because he can counteract that with the money he did bring in, you know, which is, like, Triple H is just, like, the black hole. So maybe our lists are, have different criteria, but I, the yeah. reason, like, Triple H is high on... Because he never brought anything. He just, like basically drained like several million fans away from the show like when it was at its absolute hottest period it's just a baffling thing and to see him finally retire you know i didn't want to say anything mean because he he, he is retiring unfortunately due to injuries he's suffered he's not maybe not in a place of good health and you hate to kick a guy while he's down but, man, he wasn't that great a guy for wrestling and, like, basically everything. Even the good things he did that people liked him for, like, NXT ultimately was, like, nefarious, right? Because it was, like, trying to buy up the indie scene and successfully kind of did in the U.K. from what I hear. Every time somebody oh, mentioned it.
1: The U.K. is still recovering and it may never recover.
0: Yeah, so uh, I I don't have a lot of good things uh, to say about Triple H. He's had some good matches, but also he had the match that actually made me stop watching WWE. Him versus Sheamus at one rest, WrestleMania. I think I think maybe they had two WrestleMania matches. Whatever the first one was, it was just like it was just because it was so bad and pointless in 20 minutes. I'm like, why am I spending any of my life watching this when I could just. Watch, like, an old match that's actually good. Or a Japanese yeah. match, or anything. Like, that was the match. It wasn't the worst match i ever seen, but, like, just sitting there for 20 minutes watching Triple H have this absolute garbage match against this giant, pale beast man. It just it was just, like, the straw that broke the camel's back.
1: And the, the real fucked-up thing about that is um, like Sheamus is actually, like, pretty good. They can put in there with the right opponent. And, like, Sheamus can be... I, I've seen Sheamus be the best person in the match in a good match, um, and he
0: seems like you know, a nice think, guy too. He's friends with Triple I, H, which makes it makes me makes him suspect. But he does seem like a great guy, otherwise.
1: Not every, I mean, you can't really judge people by their friends solely. Yes. But I also think I don't know. It's like to me, I am more likely to crap on Triple H's legacy even if he's down because it's not like he is just a wrestler right he's not just um like he wasn't like kevin nash and he wasn't like just a wrestler who happened to get a little bit of political power backstage with booking he actively chose the path of getting into to management and that management became part of capital and to me that sort of makes him not a wrestler anymore he's he's like vince and I just think, as or even as just a wrestler, um, his legacy is always going to be. He wanted to be Ric Flair, and he wasn't even close. So he would yeah. always have like really long matches, and he was very rarely the best person in the match, if ever. Like, look back the the matches that he had that were really well remembered, the ones versus Foley in 2000, or it's like 2000 in, in advance of WrestleMania 2000. Like, Foley's a bump machine. One of, the, like, the greatest wrestlers of all time who may not be remembered as such because people will just look at how he, um, you know, did these crazy bumps in hardcore spots and unfairly denigrate him. He was a tremendous wrestler, and those bumps were, you know, a huge part of why he was. Like, look at the match versus Daniel. He was there with Danielson, right, in WrestleMania 30. Like, you have to be terrible have a bad match with Brian Danielson. And... Like, it's just he had a self-inflated worth and he was able to sort of make that canon because he got to be capital.
0: Absolutely. I'm trying to take our next caller. I'm having a little bit of a glitch there. Sorry, uh, uh, Hansi and Patrick. For some reason, my app is acting up. Let me see if I can get back in there. See Tom, let me see. I, if I Tom, I promoted you the moderator. Let's see see <laughs> if you might be able to take the next
1: caller. Let's see. Are you going, to Imran? Let's see, I'm trying to.
0: But thank y'all so much for calling in. Much appreciated. <laughs> the app is new, folks. We still we're still working out some of the kinks, but it's getting better. And I like this. I like the live. Feature Tom, did we get did anybody get on?
1: I, I don't think I can do anything right now. I'm just sort of clicking on Imran Khan, yeah. and I can't do anything. It just says no.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let me see. Let me see. Maybe I can edit the room. I'll shut off calls and then shut turn them back on.
1: It's always the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: shut it off and then turn it back on. All right. All right, maybe we won't be able to take callers tonight. Unfortunately, sorry, folks. Sorry, sorry, sorry. May not be able to take callers tonight, but we'll keep talking a little bit more about the wrestling. Sorry for the technical uh, difficulties. But we were talking about Triple H and his legacy and his retirement. And I wanted to say, like, there was a period of time where people were talking about where Triple H made a point to take his photo with every single indie wrestler. And yeah. he made a point to say, I'm your I'm your guy, I'm your friend, I'm going to take care of you, move to Florida, work for me, et cetera, et cetera. Do- dozens and dozens of people in the industry got these promises from him. Samoa Joe, even, got fired by WWE. And then a, gets a phone call from Triple H and re-signs with WWE. I can't imagine for the same amount of money. And then, you know, a few months later, he's let go of again yeah How does a guy like that with that history you know working for the boss married into the boss's family you know show his face i i just don't understand it what where in wrestling uh from the industry is, you know the kind of fuck triple h love, he, he oh, get, sorry he about sold that a bunch of bullshit
1: <laughs> yeah um it's just, uh, like, if you look at it, like, guys like Kevin Nash, who got political power, even Hogan. Um, sorry about my dogs. Hold on. Oh. But, uh, these guys, like, Hogan, Nash, um, Jeff Jarrett, like, you know, they weren't, they, they were never, um, they never positioned themselves as these, like, saviors, you know? And, and I think Triple H had Reddit, like, had people on Reddit, people on Twitter, like, snowed. That they had, he had them like snow blind. While they were sending them fruit baskets, it's like, yeah. I mean, I enjoy NXT <laughs> for the most part. I mean, even even in the flop period on the main roster, NXT was always an enjoyable watch for me. Um, you know, even up to, you know, the, the they, to the point where the women were very prominent there. They they treated tag teams well. Um, they let guys, you know, do what they were famous for. On the indies, you know, and that's the dream, right? But at the same time, it was just sort of like NXT was the the promise that got all these these kids, these boys, these wayward boys to the island. And then the main roster, they turned the donkeys or they would get released and get turned the donkeys, you know, like in Pinocchio. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, like uh, uh, the name thing I was talking about it before the show. What you, Did you read this report? that from now on it's like a hard and fast rule now if you come to if you sign with wwe you have to change your name you can't use your indie name you can't use your real name they have to make up a you know patch you know McGulligan for you or whatever name they come up with
1: yeah and it's just like the the, the thing about that i mean i think wwe the WWF, WWE has always been like that like you saw Tony Atlas come back as Saba Simba, an incredibly racist gimmick in a time when, you know, the WWF was still considered, you know, uh, a, a commercially and uh, not a commercial. They're all they're still a commercially viable company, but a critically viable company. They would change people's names. They would change Dan Spivey's name to way. It's always it's been a thing with them. They go back and forth. Vince has 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 is is insane. He's a psychopath. But well, this is sort of the. You know, not surprising. To me, the thing about it is they keep like given. They keep you know given the, the these these foreign wrestlers like culturally insensitive names like Gunther. It wasn't Gunther. It was Gunther Stark at first when they recorded yes, it.
0: An actual Nazi name.
1: <laughs> yes, and like they keep. It, it's like it's a thing with them, Even like as far back, not even the foreign wrestlers. Like when they gave Nick Nemeth the Dolph Ziggler name, like that that name was so close to uh, Adolf Ziegler who was an, uh, another like and, and and every time this happens every time someone points it out there are people online doing pr work for Vince man saying oh no they didn't mean that they did not oh, you can't really think they that they they meant to name this guy after a nazi If they're like the fourth or fifth guy how many times <laughs> can you buy them saying oh whoops did i do that <laughs> Doing their best, Steve Urkel. You know, it's like.
0: <laughs> I mean, we we I love mentioning the fact that
1: Triple H's logo is just an Iron Cross and like <laughs> has
0: been for years. It's just and, no, and never never mentioned.
1: And his best friend, you know, Lemmy Men, And you know what this is the thing where you got separate the art from the artist. I love Motorhead's music, but like you gloss over the fact that that like the guy that Triple H befriended in the in the rock world had a room full of Nazi uh, memorabilia. Nazi
0: Yes. Now, now, to be fair to Lemmy, he says he's not a Nazi. He says, fuck Nazis if you ask him about yeah. it. But yes, he does collect them. Well, yes. He anymore, them. <laughs> well, yes but, then, so. but he did say at the time, you know, fuck Nazis, fuck Nazism. But he did collect yeah. the shit.
1: Yeah. So it's like, you, you know, it's... You gotta call a spade a spade, but it's... Just, it's I just.
0: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say that I don't remember Triple H ever going on record and saying, fuck Nazis. So, I, no, I, no, 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 no. so I'm not even allow. I can't even allow him that.
1: It's just like, I don't know. It's it's this company is just so, so backwards and, and it doesn't matter. Like every single fan can leave. They don't have to sell a single ticket and they still make a billion dollars.
0: Yes, just from the solid deal. And fans, uh, and list our fans, we're mistreating them. I'm very sorry. The app is kind of wigged out, so we can't take our callers tonight. I'm sure we will be taking our callers next time we're on there. But please feel free to send me a message or you can even – I think you can type. You can type in the chat if you have a burning question, question and we can see it. But unfortunately, cannot take calls uh, tonight. Uh, due to technical difficulties but man what else was on rampage that, that i don't want to gloss over i want to go i want to talk about there there has a couple of cool super kick spots uh one where ruby super kicked uh excuse me where uh Robin renegade super kicked ruby in the corner and then similarly uh adam cole gave uh was it adam cole who super kicked page like oh yeah it was
1: yeah, Paige was doing his Urihara moonsault, a, a big spot he does in almost every match, every big match at least. And Adam Cole just like kicked him, as like when he was like, perfectly perpendicular with the ground.
0: <laughs> it was oh, it, it was, was so good. It was so good. You know, every time was, I see
1: this was right after a, like a series where Adam Cole like countered uh, Paige running the ropes with the chain, and then. Paige like dropped him on his back on the chair steeple and that was the spot that made me go oh shit
0: (laughs) yeah that match it's strange to say but Adam Cole his wrestling reminds me of like an all Japan or Noah wrestler a lot. I feel like his ma- his main event matches remind me most. Maybe it's just the lariat bias of like Kobashi matches as far as the pacing goes and the use of these big moves and use of the same move kind of over and over again. I really, really dig his uh, wrestling style.
1: Talking so about uh, Hangman or Cole?
0: Uh, hangman. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Two Adams. Two Adams.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I think Adam Cole is more influenced by. Uh, new japan and, and the new yes, Japan. yes i sorry I, think, I, like,
0: I mixed up my there's ads.
1: just so much that's uh, okay there's like so much wrestling is is influenced and it all goes back to i think no matter what you look at it goes back to either the agw age not agw ajw um the women 80s and 90s or lucha libre and i think a lot of the the, the king's road and even new japan stuff that isn't enokiism, which your mileage varies on it. I think it's, you know, it's fine. Any, I, I'm a fan of any kind of wrestling as long as it's good. But, I mean, like the the Joshi and, and Lucha Libre influence in wrestling it is just insane. A- and I think Adam, the Hangman Page, comes more from like the the the, the um the stronger like Hokuto and and Aja Kong and the ones that came before that. Because they they obviously influenced the uh, the four the uh, four pillars of heaven and um, the you know, the king's road guys in in all Japan and um, Cole the, the the indie scene to me feels like it's more of an influence from the New Japan Juniors at the time yeah like the uh, like, yeah yeah and yeah. that was very very lucha heavy.
0: Yeah, I found a lot of my favorite wrestlers on the end of the scenes are the ones that don't do the New Japan junior style but move to more towards the all-Japan women's style or the all-Japan men's style. Someone like Samoa Joe, um, someone like, uh, you know, uh, Sarah Del Rey. Uh, you know, the, I, 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 much prefer, I generally prefer them to the more, you know, the faster, high-flying type junior style wrestlers.
1: Yeah, that's 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 basically distills down to do you like the horses or do you like the flips? And I like them both. But it, to truth be told, I think I like seeing the big guys clubbing.
0: <laughs> All right, folks, well, we're going to call it a night there. Thank you so much for listening to culture. Thank you so much for uh, I'm sorry we couldn't take calls tonight because of the technical difficulties. We'll get that ironed out next time. But Tom, tell people where they can find you
1: um find me on twitter at t holzerman um i tweet far too much um you can find me on my newsletter at t holzerman.substack.com where i write a little bit about wrestling now since i shuttered the wrestling blog i just sort of don't have the energy to write com- exclusively about wrestling anymore but i do write a little bit about wrestling on my newsletter i i wrote about the, uh, the soul of, uh, wrestling a couple of weeks. Ago, I wrote a, and also wrote a, uh, a nice little eulogy for Scott Hall. Um, what can I say? That guy was a, a Titan, you know? Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and actually, you know, I want to give you a shout because people, you need to check out the wrestling blog because you have documented like the history, you know, you got to keep that thing up. You can't let that domain lapse, uh, brother. Cause there's so many, stuff You covered that, just are not written about anywhere else. So please uh, check that out, uh, the wrestling blog, because you'll see the where all these people that you're now seeing on TV, they they came from, where who were the people that inspired them, who were their trainers, who who what were the matches that they watched that got them into the ring. You were there, you were watching it, and you were documenting it.
1: Yes, and um, unless Google takes down Blogger, which I doubt they will, that's staying up. You know, I'm not taking that down. There's, I agree. Go back and look at it. Um, you'll find a, a huge trove of Chikara posts, and you'll be surprised how many people in AEW right now went through Chikara at some point in their lives.
0: Oh yeah, uh, tons. And
1: Danielson, tons. I think of that the entire Blackpool Combat Club, uh, at least the wrestling, I don't think I don't think Regal was ever there, but Wheeler Yuta was there. Although under a mask. Uh, Danielson stopped in for a couple of for a cup of coffee. Moxley stepped in for a cup of coffee. Uh, actually, Billy Gunn was at was in Shakara for at least one match. <laughs> Billy Gunn and Sean Waltman oh, were at wow. the in, in were in the uh, the tag gauntlet the year I forget what exact year it was, but it was the year where in that same tag gauntlet the King of Trios, um, Ashley Vox and Delmi Mi uh, known as Team C Stars, but you know them now. They're they're all over the Northeast and in, in the NWA. They're incredible wrestlers, but they um, had a, a nautical gimmick and they threw a a net on Drew Gulak. And Drew Gulak spent the entire show, rest of the show, with the net. It, it going so far as to sign pictures while still having the net on him, saying, <laughs> "Hey, uh, uh, hey, uh, uh, Drew Gulak, I'm in a net right now." Like it's <laughs> just incredible stuff.
0: Oh, speaking of Drew Gulak, I just randomly opened Twitter, and what do my eyes see? Uh, backstage commentator Drew Gulak uh, made his uh-huh. made his debut on SmackDown uh, tonight. Uh, Norman Q, our friend there, shouts to at Norman Q says, "Look how they mastered my massacred my boy, etc." and Yes, sorry to see one of the most badass wrestlers in the world backstage uh, talking to people. But that's what happens when you sign (laughs) with a company that's not a wrestling company. Folks, that was Culture. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one.
1: Peace. Thanks for having me. Incredible.